Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to A View from the Bullens in partnership with flatback4.co.uk Clothing inspired by the beautiful game and fanscapes.co.uk Made by fans for fans. Hello and welcome to another episode from A View from the Bullins with me, Mick Kemp, Lee McLean, Carl McKenna, Ben Wynn Stanley, and our fan guest today is Matthew Barry. Guys, Manchester United 3, Everton 3. We come from behind twice at 2-0 down and at 3-2 down to grab a last-minute draw in the 95th minute from Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Lee, what were your thoughts on the game? It feels well. It feels like a win. First of all, it's one of those draws that definitely feels more like a win due to the nature of uh, how we got it. Um, I, I think there's no question it wasn't our best performance, Mick, and we probably got away with one there. But again, it's it's an, another example of we've we've shown real good character and we've stuck in there. It's probably a game that in previous regimes and seasons we would have got beat. Certainly at two nil down, you wouldn't have saw a, a way back for an Everton side, but. You never really feel like we're out of a game, and we've got assets and we've got players who can who can hurt teams. And I was thinking about things that Carl has said on previous podcasts, and I'm starting to come along to your way of thinking, mate. If I'm honest, because I don't think we trust ourselves enough. And a point towards that first half in particular, there was no belief. It was like they had to wait for us to go two 0 down to go and gone. We can have a go here, and and these aren't invincible and if we actually apply ourselves on the front foot and take a couple of chances then we've got players that can hurt teams we've got ballers as Carl said um, so yeah we get it back to 2-2 fantastic but then we, we seem to drop off again and start th- let fear creep in again sit off them 
um, sort of let them dictate the, the pace of the game when I would have liked to have seen us really go for the jugular and kick on at 2-2 after we had them rattled. Um, so, not the best performance overall, but a, a great point and it's something that we can cling on to and after that Newcastle game where we were all feeling really low and despondent to get four points returned from Leeds away and United away is a is a cracking return um, and hopefully we can kick on into a huge week now in the FA Cup. Mm, Carl, it was strange, wasn't it? Because at nil-nil, Everton did look quite comfortable. I know Man United were having more of the ball, but the diamond system was working until Man United scored and once Man U did score, the, the belief just kind of, you know, almost the head sort of dropped, so to speak, as you, what you'd say on a Sunday morning. It just kind of, the game just flipped on its head, didn't it? Just from that one goal where you just think if Everton had that little bit of belief, it probably wouldn't have gone 2-0, would it? <clears throat> no, Mick, and, and you know, like Lee just said then, what I keep pressing hard on is we've got to start believing. And I think when they did score, obviously a moment of brilliance from Rashford, you know, even that, the, the, the build-up to that goal, we're standing up, we're too far away from players like him. It, it just can't happen. In games like that, moving forward, you cannot give him any time on that ball because nine times out of ten, he's going to find a cross like he did right onto the head of Cavani, two or three yards out. It's a free header for him, basically. Bearing in mind, Keane wasn't the best defender. Like, but in the future, we've got to come out and assert ourselves a little bit more, I think. And we've got to make other players worry about us. And, and when they did score, like you just said there, our heads dropped massively. And I thought, oh, here we go. Is this, is this the old Everton again where we, we've turned up here, you know, full of confidence and we've conceded a goal? And, you know, it was like one of them burst the bubble moments. I felt like anyway, and I was like, oh, no, here we go. Long, long nights, long nights ahead. You know, they'll turn the screw. And, and, and they did. They, they pressed us hard for the next, can't remember how long was left in that first half, but... You know, we were all over the show, weren't we? When that goal went in, so um, I mean, I, I made up with the draw, and it felt like a win. But for me personally, make we've got to believe in ourselves more. We've we've got to go out in games. Manchester United have got fantastic players, no doubt about it. Team sheet looked on paper like they were they were far supreme as us, especially going forward. But when we're not given any when we're giving teams too much respect like that, it becomes a trainer match for them. And you know, I feel like if we'd asserted ourselves more in that game, I generally feel like we could have won that. And I don't think any head dropping would have happened because I think we would have seen them at bay. We'd have just been a little bit tighter in certain areas and parts of the game. They they wouldn't have had a sniff. I'll be honest with you, Mick. I think their three goals have come from mistakes, individual errors. Um and one mm. of them, one or two of them, was standing off and showing too much respect. I mean, when a ball's getting passed back to Rashford, if you played football yourself, all our defenders and midfielders ran towards Olsen's goal, and he just laid it back to Rashford, like as if to say, "Oh, as if you didn't see that going there." You know, anyone can see where that ball was going to go. You've got to get over it and try and intercept that or make it awkward for him. Don't give him time. Take one, two, three, four touches. Look up. And it's a ball in that he's more than capable of doing in training 10 times if he gets that much time. So, second goal was the same, Carl. Yeah, and I was from saying, I'm just that's what I'm referring to. Both, and then the second goal was Davis being a bit too far off, which I thought he had a great game, by the way. Not going to yeah. him for that, yeah. I thought he had a great game, but mm. he, he's also seeing that pattern of movement in the game. Sometimes you just got to take the onus on yourself and go, you know what, I'm not going to go in there. 
like we've been told to, because that ball's going to go to him, and he's deadly outside the box. And it frustrates the life out of me, because I think, why are you not making that move there? Could have been anyone that Davis had a good game, you know, had a great game. It could have been any midfielder, it could have been Corey, even though he was out on the right a little bit. You've got to stand where you anticipate the ball's going to go, whether or not the... You can't be in the 18-yard box when the possession and the, their best player is standing 20 yards outside of the 18-yard box, just tricking his way in. You've got to see him making that move before he's even got there. And then he, Davis could have put it under pressure. He could have like played it out wide. He, he, you know, he had his head up. How many times did he, did he dummy that shot? It's like one, two, three, four. Oh, yeah, I'll just put it in the top corner there. Mm-hmm. It's not good enough, and. You know, other than that, I thought we bounced back from, from our heads dropping down. And you know what, Mick, we were absolutely fantastic. And we showed grit and true hunger to come out that second half. And, you know, it was like a different team. And again, once again, as Ben's pointed, Carlo Ancelotti's our best sign in 40 years. He knew the mistakes that we were making in that first half. We came out the second half and it was a, it was a masterpiece of game from, from the main man. And the players showed once again that they are up for the fight. But for me... I'd like to see us a bit more on the front foot and not getting our heads down through goals that can be prevented in the future. Mm, ben, it, it got to half-time and you, you just felt if we got on at 1-0, we, we were still in the game. And when it went 2-0 right on half-time, you, you then obviously, you know, you begin to start, the, start to think the worst. But in all fairness to the lads, it, it's some comeback, isn't it, to go to Old Trafford and score three in the second half? Oh, not half. But I'm going to start with one thing. I, I can't stand that VAR. I don't know whether to celebrate or not or go ballistic. I, I was waiting. <laughs> it, it's just a horrible thing, isn't it? Because mm. you're like, oh, no, he's going to be outside. He's used his hand. But overall, great point for Everton. Um, I think like the lads have touched on there. Four points out the past two games from that Newcastle defeat was been absolutely massive and it's been a sort of great character from the lads. But... Like like Carl's touched on there, two 0 down half time. We're, we're thinking, what is going on here? We're not going to come back at Old Trafford. And but like you said, you can't, don't question Carlo Ancelotti. Previous managers, previous years, we were we were getting beat there three or four 0 There was no way we were coming back and bouncing back to what we did in that no. second half. So the boys were great there uh, and actually showing a bit of belief. Um, yeah. But I think like the first twenty minutes there, the, the diamond was working, but clearly that. That formation was to nullify Bruno Fernandes. And in the first 20 minutes, he only touched the ball twice. So it was working. We were stopping him getting hold of the ball. And like you said, then Rashford, they, they had so much time on the wings, obviously, because I don't think we were playing true wingers. Obviously, with Charles and Carvalhoon playing in the channel. Um, Decore playing as kind of like a right winger, but not pushing out wide. And that, their fullbacks had a lot of time on the ball. And obviously, Rashford, Rashford got a lot of time to put that ball and. I I was quite surprised Jerry Mina got dropped to be honest after his performance against Leeds and that the ball floated over Michael Keane and he's just mistimed it. I think all the goals are just like slightly mistimed. Someone's made a slight error and but no no overall it's great to come back there. Um, some of the we're like that Jekyll and Hyde team this year. We're either brilliant or we're, we're awful. It's it's so weird. Like we go through phases during the game this year where. We can't consistently for 90 minutes say we played very well then all game. Mm-hmm. We, we've been brilliant for 90 minutes. It kind of comes in like 15-minute spells. And like, like Lee and Carl said, then we, we had them on the back foot at 2 all. We, we got it back. I was like, Let, let's go for it. Let's have them. They, they, they were at sixes and sevens for a bit. And then we kind of took the foot off the gas again, where we 
getting a bit nervous in case they, they, they nicked the 3-2, which, which they did uh, a short time after. But I'd like to see the 7 be a bit more ruthless for me. Um, let's Once we've got the momentum, let's kick on and push on and try and obviously get that extra goal and kick. Because they were rattled. that They didn't know what was going on. They, they, they'd come out second half thinking, this is going to be a comfortable 3-4-0 this. But we went at them and a few things from like obviously Tom Davis for me I'm going to touch on that I think he was brilliant that uh, yesterday um, he made that one mistake for Bruno Fernandez's goal dropping off it he should have closed him down he, he he's better than that Tom he, he knows a player of Bruno's quality he can pick the top corner out from 35 40 mm-hmm. yards whatever because he he is he is a world class player um, and obviously our formation showed how how much we respect him as a player trying to nullify him. Um, but yesterday, Tom Davis for me was was really good. Um, yeah, he, I agree. He, he, he slotted in that sixth position for me, and he's always going to be learning and training. <clears throat> Alan's back now. Who, who for me is the number one starter at six. Don't get me wrong, but to, Tom's a young lad. Look, and he can really learn stuff from Alan um, of how to like ball retention, passing. His passing stats are up just shy ninety one percent pass completion. So. That's short, long, and mid-range ball. So it just shows that he is getting better. He is retaining the ball. Um, I thought for the obviously for a few of the goals, he was looking forward, um, getting us on the break quick, passing forward. That's what we want to see. A bit of positivity from the lads. No, no, no sideways, backwards. In the first half, we, we weren't taking any chances. There was no risks. I think Richarlison, the game plan, was obviously expose Aaron Wan-Bissaka over the top. And Richarlison was making the runs. And it was as if we were a bit... Uh, sceptical to make that final ball like we're going to get criticised but let, let, let's take the chances in the second half that's what we were doing for the first 20 minutes we going forward playing the lines and like I said United were all over the place but overall Nick great point for the lads um, i just like to see a bit more consistency throughout the whole 19 minutes in the future but you, you can't complain going to Old Trafford getting a point at 2-0 down it just shows great character and Credit to the lads and Carlo Ancelotti for getting them in and probably giving them a good rollicking at half time and putting the rockets up the bum. So it's a great, great point. Uh, and we kick on for Wednesday against Tottenham Hotspur. Mm, Matt, we talk about the belief and the uh, and the character away from home. We're now seven and beaten on the road, and with having one of the best managers in the world at the helm, you just feel if these lads do believe, they will turn some of these draws against the so-called big teams into wins, won't they? Yeah, I think so. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on, lads. I really, really appreciate it. Um, no problem. Welcome. Welcome. I, welcome. I, I think that, you know, you, you can see that there's they, they've bought into Carlo completely, what, 100%. You know, the, the lads are right. In, in regimes gone by, when you're 2-0 down at Old Trafford at half-time, you're expecting three, four, five. You know, there's there's no belief. There's no desire. There was no passion and... Uh, you know, and, and the managers like Allardyce and Kuman and, and, and Silva, and you, you just couldn't see your way out of it. Where you, you've got confidence in Ancelotti that he can he can sit there and make an assessment of what he's watching, but also think ahead about what he's going to do, get them back in at half time, and you know sit them down and, and, and coach them through what they need to do for the second half to get to get back into the game. And you know within seven minutes, you know it's two all, and we're we're on the front foot. It, when when you look at a result last night, when you you're two 0 down at Old Trafford at half time, and John Moss is the referee, to come back and draw the game three all is like the Everton equivalent of winning the Euro Millions. You know, it, it's just <laughs> it, 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 you know, 2012 was the last time we pulled anything like that off. But you know, with, with a referee like that who is so so bad, and you know, your your worst suspicions were. 
was sort of confirmed when Carver-Lewin scores and the first thing Ben Godfrey does is look directly at the linesman thinking, you know, what's going to happen now? And your heart's in your mouth and until they're kicking off, you don't, for, you know, to restart the game, you don't actually, you know, believe that it's going to be through all because you just, it just doesn't happen to us, you know? And I think it's, it's, it's full credit to the manager that he's, he's got the, the belief instilled in these players to keep going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lee, Robin <coughs> Olsen, uh, we must touch on the goalkeeping issue. Um, some people think he was, he was maybe at fault for the Bruno Fernandes goal. They didn't move his feet quick enough. Um, in my opinion, I think it was just a, it was you know a great bit of skill by Fernandez in it, and it happens. I mean, the second one, it looks like he kind of slips. But even so, are those two goals? Have those two goals now kind of put a question mark over his head? I think, well, I think that's a little bit harsh. Um, like you say, I think the errors for the for the Bruno Fernandez goal came earlier on. I, I'm not going to point the finger of blame at Olsen for that one. I think we just afforded a world class player far too much space and time to pick whatever he wanted to do and then he's got the ability to execute it you know you could say he's probably a yard or so too far off his line but I think that is harsh for the third goal it's a that's a header that should never be going in and he's just been unlucky for me he's slipped Uh, and I think it's the leg he's trying to push off on and he would have been able to get across to that and save it quite comfortably but as it happens he slipped so I think that's a little bit harsh but when you listen to Ancelotti's press conferences he's always of the opinion that Pickford's going to come straight back in there's no sort of talk of Olsen's now my number one and it's 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 a solidified position for him I think he's liking rotating these keepers and I don't know it's working for me I think it, Pickford no longer is walking into training thinking I'm definitely playing at the weekend or midweek because he knows he's got a, a backup keeper breathing down his neck, he was more than capable of keeping goal for Everton and being a, a really solid presence uh, in, in at the back. He'd still be my preference, you, you know, despite last night. I think he's still my... He makes me feel a lot more comfortable when he's starting games um, in comparison to Jordan Pickford. So, I think it's going to be a case of the, for the rest of the season. I think Ancelotti, I don't know whether he's using it as an opportunity to really make that final decision on whether Jordan Pickford's the goalkeeper that he wants to persist with long-term. I'm talking about next season and, belong, uh, and beyond because I still think there's a little bit of a question mark over that. And it wouldn't surprise me in pre-season if a goalkeeper was, was high on Ancelotti's shopping list because I'm, I'm not, I don't think he's completely convinced on either. But for me personally, as a fan, Robin Olsen's the one that I'd be going with. But for, mm-hmm. it's overall, Mick, I think, I mean, I, is that seven or eight unbeaten now away from home? It's seven. Seven, seven unbeaten. away from home unbeaten, which in the Premier League is absolutely unbelievable. It's, it's title-winning form away from home. What's holding us back and is you know is our Achilles heel is the home form and we have to we have to find a way to beat the, the teams at home that we should be beating and we need to adapt and find a system that suits the players and the the quality that we've got to to, to turn these defeat these disappointing gut wrenching defeats or draws into into comfortable wins where you sat back thinking right okay we we thought we were going to win today and we have because we've got the quality and we've got the personnel, especially in the in the, the attacking third. And then if you look in the centre, you've got 
Decore, hopefully Alan coming back in, where we should be allowing opposition teams to worry about us rather than the other way around and going and winning these games more often than not. You're not going to win every single one, that's not realistic, but we're losing far, far too many if we want to break this glass ceiling that we've been trying to smash for, for so long in terms of top four well, or even top six this season because you know everyone's beating everyone and it's such a, a crazy season. So, I think, is it is it Fulham at home next week? Yeah, yeah Tottenham yeah. in the FA Cup midweek and then so Fulham, yeah. That's a, that's a classic example. So, the litmus test is going to be, obviously, Tottenham, I'm sure we're going to touch on later, so I won't talk about that, but... You know, Fulham at home at the weekend. You know, they can't buy a win, even when they're putting decent performances in. They can't just, they can't seem to get over the line. I, I just want to see a performance against a side like that, where we're putting them to the sword and we we don't lose the momentum that we're we're gaining via these massive performances and results away from home. Mm, Carl, I just want to bring it back to Tom Davis. Um, Why did you, you ask know, me about he, he has his <laughs> no, he played brilliant. By the way, I just want to get that in. Really he brilliant. did, Carl. He, he he did play really well. He has his, he has you know he, he he does get a lot of criticism, Tom Davis. But but when he <coughs> plays like that, you just think, yeah, you know, you, you've really got um, a future at Everton Football Club, haven't you? When you play like that, and you, you've got a job to do, and he did it really well. Um, yeah, he did. He played absolutely fantastic. But to be honest, and <clears throat> he was definitely the focal point for the team again. I thought yesterday. Uh, he'd done everything right, he was in hard and you know, he, he hit Fernandez early doors, didn't he? I love all that. Yeah, I mean that, yeah. that, he, he set the tone of the game, he went right through him. To be fair, in, in ten years ago, that's a great tackle. But mm. with VAR and all that now, he's running to the referees, he's trying to get him sent off, have a look at the telly. Did you see him doing that? Yeah, he's all yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, yeah. don't get me wrong, you know, it's all it's all about playing to the referee. We all know that, don't we? Top players or they come out, they admit it. But I think Tom Davis set the tone yesterday and that tackle was was one of the reasons why why I fought. You know, he's he's come in to the fold, a lot of pressure on his head. You know, he's not been playing well at all. He come on against Leeds, I think he, his possession passing against Leeds must have been awful, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I think he passed that. I think he passed it out and passed it to their players twice as soon as he got it. But um <laughs> he made up for that, Mick, and you know what? He was absolutely fantastic. And yeah, I, I got no Nothing but praise for that kid. And and again, you know, he's a young lad, isn't he? He's he's finding his feet in the professional game. I, I always thought Tom Davis would have, would have suited alone, but he hasn't really had that opportunity. He's, he's been put in the team because of injuries. He's been put in the team because he was playing well. He's been dragged out of the team because he's not playing well, but he's never been given an opportunity to go on loan. So I think that th- the club must see him as, as a potential for the future. Um. And obviously, seeing him yesterday, if he can, if he can play like that, week in, week out, or eighty percent like that, we've got a fine player in our hands. And you know, if he, he comes on off the bench, or he starts a game, you know, you're looking at you're looking at a solid formation already. So you've got your banks of four, and then you've got your midfielders now starting to dictate the play. You've got Alan to come back. Uh, Gabaman, if that's how you say his name, or something like mm-hmm. that. You know, who knows what he's going to do. Hopefully that young kid will have a good career after his horrendous injuries. But with Tom Davis, I think he's really took Ancelotti's um, mentality and his, and his ability to put his arm around these players and show them, look, Tom, you've got ability. You've had, a, you've had a four or five managers 
we, we can see that you've adapted different types of styles in all of them teams because he, he had a different style when he played underneath Silver. Mm. He had a different style underneath Coleman. And, and Allardyce, well, basically, you know, we all know what style he played. So he wasn't really, he didn't have a chance to reflect his ball playing ability or any other position and play that he can play because he was just asked to do a job and that's to keep us up. So I think underneath Ancelotti, he, he's definitely coming out of his shell. And, you know, I'm not going to start saying he's the next best thing because, quite frankly, he hasn't lit up no, no lights for me in, in the past few seasons. But yesterday's performance showed me that the lad has got ability and you can't, like, short and close your eyes and think that's not Tom Davis on the field there. He played brilliantly yesterday. And for me, mm. I think he was close to MOM, to be fair, Mick. If you look at our, our first goal, it was it was Tom breaking from midfield and he slid the ball in between the two centre halves for for Dom to to cross it in. So he, you know he's, he's he's taken on you know quite quite a, a prominent role and and quite a lot of responsibility you know in in that move. And I think learning from learning from somebody like like Alan, you know, watching him in training, then. You're absolutely right. Where you know, he's he's been under some so many different managers, and he, he's never known, you know, what 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 his best position is going to be, or he's never been set on a position. Whereas if we get some con- Correct, we get some yeah, continuity definitely. now with with Carlo, and and you get players of the caliber of Alan and and Decore, and you you got the coaching staff saying, you know, just sit and watch these guys. Look what they do. Whether it's playing just in front of the back four as the anchor, or breaking from midfield. You know, in in a midfield three, he's got you know he's got examples of, of what real quality footballers look like, and you know if if he can if he can be in a settled environment, you know, you're quite right. You know, he he looked he looked prime for a loan about a year or eighteen months ago, but 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 now yeah, you look yeah. at him and, and you think you know there's there's a real place for you in this team, and you know going away at Old Trafford and and Davis being the, the base of a diamond. You know, it shows that he's got the confidence of the manager, and that must make him at the moment feel, you know, ten feet tall. And you know, pr- producing Thank a performance you, yeah. like that, playing a ball through to the centre halves like that—I mean, it was pinpointed. Carvalhoon didn't even have to break his stride; it was straight between him, and he was in. And then Decore knocked it in. So, yeah, Alan does. Oh, Alan does them a lot, doesn't yeah. he? To be fair, yeah, so he, yeah, he does them all the time. So, yeah, I, th- I think it's a real, it's a real you know, time for for development for for Davis now and. It, whether he does need to, you know, stay a team and then come out for a bit and come in and come out, but you know, there, there's going to be no better manager to to coach him at this stage of his career than Ancelotti. Yeah, he's a good oh, option sure. to have now, for isn't sure. he? Mm. Moving away from Tom Davis, guys. Ben, another player that's really starting to turn his fortunes around is Andre Gomez. You know, we don't need to talk about his injuries; he's had that. But he, in the last few games now, probably last few weeks, he's he seems to, we seem to be seeing the old Andre Gomez, don't we? Yeah, for sure. Mm. Um, I think like the past couple of years with his bad injury and stuff, he kind of went off the boil. Did he lose a bit of pace? I'm not going to hammer the guy. I- I've always had a soft spot for Andre Gomez. That first season under us, I thought he was brilliant. Um, I-, I loved watching him play, and I was over the moon when we made the uh, the loan move permanent in the summer. And obviously, what happened happened. But no, I think you're right. I think we're seeing the Andre Gomez of uh, a few years back, and. We spoke about it in the WhatsApp group, but the likes of Ancelotti coming out and the man management has carved us on before to actually say, especially against Leeds, you were the best player on the pitch. Mm. Um, it's only going to be good for his confidence. He looks like he wants the ball again. He, he looks like he's defending well. He, he's starting plays from, from midfield. And 
a few about a couple of months back, it, you wouldn't really want him in the side. He was slowing it down. He kept on falling over. It's like he's got no pace. What is he offering? And but now it's like a different play. He's going forward. He's getting hold of the ball. And no, it's really, really good to see. And, and I'm pleased for him. Um, I'm really pleased for the lad that he's bounced back. And he looks a lot happier during, uh, through the games now. Um, I feel like he's a lot. He's very comfortable. He's working well in the midfield three. I, I think the four three three role suits him. Um, mm. Very well, as long as somebody can actually do the dirty work, which obviously Davis was yesterday, um, and Alan would do normally. But he started off the season brilliantly, obviously against Tottenham away. He was he was fantastic, and I thought, oh, here we go, Gomez is back. And, <laughs> but um, but then he, he kind of had a bit of a dip again, and I thought, is he overweight? He's not really looking for the ball, and he kept on making silly mistakes. And but but now, Mick, like you said, the past few games, he, he's been brilliant. He's getting himself further forward. He's starting to dictate play mm-hmm. uh, and he's creating assists, which he's in <coughs> essence there to do. Um, he's a central midfielder. He's got to be creative and I'm, I'm preferring him a lot higher up the pitch. He's starting to take players on. Um, so we've got like two or three assists in the past few weeks, which I want to see him do more. Um, he's got the ability to obviously, we've seen against Wolves a few seasons ago, he's got a rifle of a, a shot as well. Let's, let's start having a few shots and I just want to see a bit more better goals and assists from Andre Gomez because he's got the ability and he's slowly starting to bring that back and again I just thought he, he was comfortable yesterday I, I, he was kind of one of them players that went unnoticed for me yesterday he kind of just did the simple things well um, I, I, you can't say he was great you can't say he was bad he was just solid yesterday um, and it, honestly I'm, I'm made up that he's coming back to some type of form because he's definitely got a a slot in that midfield for Everton uh, mm. for the future. So, no, really pleased with the lad and uh, keep it going. Mm. Matt, I just want to touch on Hammers Rodriguez. Mm. Um, you know, he was quite wasteful in the first half. He didn't have his best game. But that moment of brilliance where he took the touch and bang, it's in the back of the net. That's why we leave him on the pitch sometimes, oh, isn't big, it? Big moment, big player. You know, it, I, I think that he... Um, I think he's the type of player who can flit in and out of games... Um, and he'll give him the opportunity where you need that moment of quality, whether it's from a from a set piece, uh, or whether it's a ball that you know is 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 flittering around the the box. He just only needs one opportunity, and you know his his, his quality to kill the ball, which was moving at a bit of pace. You know, and he, he managed to kill it one touch, and then you know to to put it away. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it's just it's just superb. And I'm really pleased that he's done that because I think it's his first away goal away from. And Goodison, and he had a little bit oh, of criticism. Yeah, yeah. He had a little bit of criticism last week where people were saying, you know, he can't do it away from home. And I'd just like to point out that it was cold and it was wet as well. So, you know, it dispels that, that myth. Yeah. <laughs> he still lost oh, a million he, dollars. He, 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 he lost a million dollars, hasn't yeah. he? Maybe he lost a million dollars, hasn't he? But, um, yeah, he, he's, you know, he, he's, just, he's just such a fantastic player. He, he really is. And every now and again you do have to stop and, and pinch yourself and think Christ you know Hamas Rodriguez is at Everton but it just just goes to show you know the pulling power of the manager and, and, and where we're, we're going as a club but when you've got somebody like that who can produce moments like that I think you're always going to be in a game and you know from 2-0 down seven minutes and we're, we're back in back in the game at 2-all in the second half so um, I just wanted to, to touch on the thing you mentioned about Andre Gomez just then um, you, I, I think he looks a bit bigger across the shoulders. I think he's bulked up a little bit, and I, th- I think he looks so much mm. he looks so much stronger on the ball now, and and stronger in possession. And, and when he's when he's running with the ball, um, just like he was when he when he first came to us, you know, he's, he's managing to to knock people off the ball or keep people away from him. And 
I think you know the, the balls that he's playing down the channels now are, are, are from him making strides out from the back. But um, I think I think he's just it's just a massive benefit Gomez in the side at the moment. I really do. Yeah. Lee, it's a it's a real testament to this Everton team, isn't it? That that Richarlison's not firing, he's not scoring many goals, obviously but we're still going to games and, and finding ways to get results. It's a huge testament to the to the quality and the depth in the eleven at the moment, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, and it just makes you think, you know, where, where are we going to be when when he does start firing again? <clears throat> Excuse me, Mick, I've caught your cough. Um, <laughs> nothing to do with the IPAs I had last night, <laughs> by the way. Um, <laughs> so, I'm looking for, you, you've just all touched upon Gomez there. I'm really looking forward to seeing that three that we started the season with, um, hopefully from the weekend, perhaps. Uh, yeah. Gomez, Allen and Decore. Because as, as well as Tom Davis did last night, and he did, he did really, really well. There, That's our first choice midfield, no question about yeah. it. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if we saw uh, an uplift in possibly all of the front three when that midfield's in place again. Because for mm. one reason or another, it hasn't been. And now all of a sudden, you've got Andre Gomes. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, he's got a new lease of life. He does look like a new player again. And it's, it's, it's brilliant because I was so excited when we signed him. And he suffered a horrific injury. And as someone who's had a really bad injury, I didn't play at any sort of level, by the way. But I, I suffered a really bad injury. And it's the psychological thing. It, it can't be underestimated. It, you know, he'll have he'll have had all of the best treatment and and physiotherapy and all of that. But what you can't do is train the mind to trust yeah. the injury. You know, really, really quickly. And it looks like now, certainly the last since since he came on against West Ham at home when we got beat, he looked really, really good. And since then, he's he's kicked on with his performances. So I think with that midfield, Richarlison, I'm, I'm it's so close for him. I, I feel so sorry for him because. Work rate's not in question. He's still working so hard for the team. It's just not happening for him in that that final third, the decision making. I don't. I think there's there's been times where people could have chosen him as an option and haven't. He made some lovely runs yesterday, did he? He did. did. Um, Never got the ball like exactly. And I I don't know. It's gonna click. It's gonna click one of these games, and and off he'll go. He's always been quite a streaky player. I remember recall a time Mm -hmm. at Watford where. Was it just before we signed him? He hadn't scored for three or four months. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, that's yeah, correct. Yeah, but once he gets on a run, he he's unstoppable, and he's still one of, if not our best player. Let's let's have it right. You you're seeing the impact on the team when he got suspended after the derby. You know, we we couldn't buy a win or a performance. So although he's not finding the net, his contribution to to the balance of that side can't be underestimated. Um. And I just think once this all clicks, Mick, it, this this team, it's it's got a whiff of 1984 about it, because there's there's players we've got in place, the manager we've got in place. I think we're on the edge of something. It feels that way to me. The whole vibe around the club just now. Good yeah. team spirit, isn't it, it Lee? Especially it, the videos yeah, coming it, out after the game. It, I was going to say that. You're showing your days, <laughs> well, I can't remember. I, I was born then. But you know, I've done. I, if you know your history and all of that, and and you, what you watch, <laughs> your Howard's ways and your 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 videos and stuff of of the great sides and just the evolution of what happened back then. It, it there's there's the, there are similar similarities. To I that. saw it all, lads. So I'll give you a clue to my age. <laughs> 
There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Matt, you sound like Kevin Sheedy, by the uh, way. I, I thought we had Sheedy. <laughs> um, but I just think we're on the edge of something. And if we get, we've touched upon it in previous podcasts, if we get the next transfer window or two right, we've got the fundamentals in place to, to kick on. And all it's going to take is a cup final win or a big derby win or something like that. And I think it'll be that last injection of belief that this side needs to kick on. And it can, we can do anything under Ancelotti. I, I truly believe that because he's that good. Um, mm. So I strayed, away, I strayed away from the question a little bit. I got carried away, Mick, but as you know, that's what I do. So <laughs> I make no apologies for that. But no, I, no, it's, no. <laughs> um, it's, it's, a, it's a good time to be a blue. Just a couple of little things we need to tinker with. Um, and I think we'll be flying. I really do. Mm. Looking ahead, Carl, to, to midweek against Tottenham in the FA Cup. Is it is it this sort of game, like Lee's just touched on, that you feel like if we do come through it and we do get through, the belief then just grows even more and then we start to think, yeah, you know, this could be a season where we do something really special? You know, I'm going to be out as I hear me with that question. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Because obviously, judging on our form recently, you know, Jackal and I, like Ben said, um, yeah, I mean, Wednesday's massive, isn't it? It's huge. massive. Moving on to the FA Cup, uh, it's absolutely huge. You know, there's no, there's no two ways about it. And, you know, if we put in a performance like we put in last night and against Leeds, you know, with 10 days, three games of that magnitude, you know, it could it could be the ending of, of the icing on the cake, couldn't it? Really, you know, we could we could win on Wednesday and be like, wow, what are the best ten days of of, of Everton's career potentially underneath one of the best managers in the world? So, I think we've got to go into that game on Wednesday Mick, with a lot of belief, and um, we've got to show that we are here to stay. Um, right now, forget about the summer. Forget about more transfers. That 25-man squad that he's now got, Ancelotti, every single one of them players believe in, in what he's saying. And you can see it already. It's already taking shape. You know, give or take Bernard still hanging around as well. He's not got no, you know, he's got no career at Everton because he never even had a chance of coming on. Yes, thing with Josh King, he's going to take his place. So, his career's over. So, he's probably the only one left out of that, that 18 yesterday that Ancelotti hasn't really, like, got any synergy with, if that makes sense. I think he can trust most of them players, and I think the players now believe that that they he trusts them, and they're showing it on the pitch, and and, and it's it's a joy to watch. And I'll be honest with you, I think on Wednesday we're going to turn up, and I think we're going to give it to Tottenham. I really do. I think we're going to go there, we're going to play them, and we're going to show utter fight and utter um, belief that you know we're here to stay, and this squad do not go without lying down no more, and. It's going to be scary for other teams because once that starts setting in their mindset, oh my God, it's Everton next week. You know, that's what we, that's what we want, isn't it? We want, we want other teams to fear us. Ultimately, that's how you win games. And also, we can score goals and ultimately, that's how you win games. So, you know, we're going to be, people are going to be worrying about us. I'm telling you now, people are going to be worrying about us. And if we can assert ourselves a little bit earlier in games where we can dictate the play, We've got the ability. We've got the ballers on the on the pitch. We've got goals in abundance when we're on when we're on song, and we can defend for our lives. Okay, yeah, the goalkeeper. You know, that's one of them, isn't it? Unfortunately, some of our goalkeepers have most recently get a bit cursed, and I feel a bit sorry for Olsen, But 
I think Pickford could start on Wednesday. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it is Pickford, then so be it. You know, he's a great goalkeeper. He's England number one goalkeeper. You know, we've got to believe that Ancelotti knows goalkeepers better than us. And the rotation that he does is to keep them on the toes. So the squad is there, Mick, to go and win, to go and win things. And I would love to see us on Wednesday after two brilliant games, giving it to Leeds, nearly giving it to United. Let's go out on Wednesday and let's go and give it to these. We've all been crying for it since we started the podcast. We have got to give it to one team. We said it was going to be Newcastle and it, it turned out it wasn't. We didn't fancy ourselves against Leeds and we've we done the business. Didn't fancy ourselves against United. We could have potentially done the business. Let's go out on Wednesday and let's do the business. Mm. Ben, I, I, I do look at this game midweek. It's at home. We've had some trouble at home. But this is going to be a Tottenham team that are not in great form. And we all know what they're going to do. It's a Jose Mourinho style. We know what to expect. So what have we got to do as the home team to almost break these down? Because that's how they play and, and go through. Mm. Uh, the, the, two, the two biggest as they've got, isn't it, is obviously Son and Kane. Um, obviously, we don't know if Kane's going to be actually playing in this game. I think there was talk he might be back for the Wednesday or the Saturday. I hope mm. it's the Saturday because he gets a chance. It's a goal, isn't it? Let's put it. Let's put it simple. He's a he's a top striker. Um, but his, his chemistry with Son is he's a great player as well. Uh, I feel like he can nullify them, stop the breaks because they are rapid on the breaks. They've got players there that get hold of the ball, and they've got obviously Son, Kane. Uh, they've got that in Dombele who seems like a new player this year who seems to didn't really settle down but now he's looking like he wants the ball he's taking on plays he's scoring goals so they have got a very very good side Tottenham but we've beat them already once this year um, I think I said it the first time I come with you lads the FA Cup for me is massive we we we've done, we need the belief now Let, let's go out there let's not be afraid of Tottenham mm. Um, the whole big city force. Let's just go out there and let, let's like like Carson. Let's let's put it to them. Teams are gonna not want. Let's make them think. Oh, Everton again. I'm gonna get a kick in. I'm gonna be in for a game here because we've talked about it before. We've got that that edge with like the likes of Godfrey and Holgate playing. Um, I thought Godfrey was great last night. I loved his quote <laughs> at the end of the game. But obviously, we're professional con- uh, podcast, so I'll let everyone look at it on Twitter. But it was great. It was great to see. Um, <laughs> It was really good. I thought Holgate was a bit off last night, but again, defensively, he's got that snideness about him, and I love that from from players. And like Carl said about Tom Davis going right through the back of Bruno first ten minutes, it, and he didn't have the ball then for another ten minutes, always looking over his shoulder. That's how I want him to fear when they come to Goodison. Mm. Uh, but we've seen previously how like the likes of Newcastle, West Ham, two banks of four nip a goal, and we 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 sometimes struggle to actually get behind these teams who are sitting back so deep um, so I hope we can play a side that's going to expose the lines because we can beat Tottenham we, we, we honestly can beat Tottenham um, they're a good Thank team but, but they're, they're making mistakes um, they're a bad run of form um, they're, under, they're under a bit of pressure to be honest Tottenham um, you look at the league table they are struggling and I, I see Tottenham as, as Everton of the South they kind of like do it to themselves where they just mess it up every year uh, they go on a really, really good run and then blow it somewhere. Like, and they, they don't really recover. So, I'm hoping, I'm praying that we come out with a performance where we can go, that's the Everton. Let's kick on now. Because it's last eight then, isn't it? It's it's mm-hmm. down to your nitty gritty. And some teams, there's a lot of Premier League um, 
fixtures who are playing one another now. So there could be a few upsets, and if that's the case, then this is the. I'm desperate for an FA Cup. I can't re- reiterate how much I, I'm desperate for the cup. I, I was born in '91. I've only seen the the uh, the FA Cup in '95 when I was four in the Sport Pisa Cup in '07. If we're going to be that desperate, so it's um, it's it, it's a hard time for me. I, I, I'm desperate to win this this horrible barren form we're on. Um, and I'm desperate for the uh, a cup win, and I'd love to see us put in a great performance, get the win against Spurs, more confidence, more players coming back, put Fulham to bed, and then again we're into a big week. Then isn't it City Liverpool in the space of four days? And that's when you start to think if we get something out of them games, we're, we're looking serious for top six, hundred percent. So let, 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 let's let's get Spurs off the way. Let, let's get the win. And let's really kick on again, make it this season. Mm, Matt, how do you feel about the midweek game against Spurs? Uh, I do. Yeah, I, I do. Um, you know, Spurs have got a, a tough game today against West Brom, uh, albeit that they're home, but they'll be in for a battle. So, you know, hopefully there's there's a few uh, there's a few injuries that that'll come out of that. But I think that you know the benefit for for us is that right across the the team, players are coming into form. You know, the 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 back four are in good form. The midfielders are coming into form. Um, Dom's scoring goals again. Um, you know, hopefully Hammers will, will be fit. Um, you know, I, I think that you know, sadly, the, the king is um, the king's cup tied. But then, you know, hopefully he'll he'll come into play for, for for the Fulham game on the weekend. But you know, we we do need a cup when we we need to get the monkey off our back. Now it's been twenty five years. Um, it, it's the next stage in in moving the the belief factor of, of this club of, of where we're going. And you know it only takes one thing, as the lad said. It only takes one thing. That's the catalyst to start kicking on and and a cup win. It'll 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 buy the manager. It'll buy the fan base so much time to get the reset of we won a trophy now. You know we haven't got twenty five years to look yeah. back on and you know all the all the so closes and you know two thousand and nine and things like that and and the semi final a few years ago. Uh, you know, what we lost in the last minute. It, it it'll be a huge reset for everyone. It'll give the club breathing space, and you know I, I don't think there's a better opportunity this year with the squad that we've got. This is the best squad we've had for a very, very, very long time. And if we can beat an out of sorts Spurs, then you know anything can happen in the quarterfinals. Absolutely anything. Lee, I don't even need to come to you and ask, mate, how you feel about the FA Cup. I know how you feel about it, so. It's prediction time, lads, for the week against Spurs. Uh, we'll start with yourself, Lee. Um, I don't know. It, it, a lot depends on Harry Kane being fit. It, it, it's it's huge. Um, but Tottenham are there for the taking at the minute, so I'm going to go two nil. Carl, three nil. Ooh, <laughs> confident for once. Uh, ben, two <laughs> one uh, Everton. I don't Matt. think Kane will play. I don't think they'll risk him. Uh, I think we'll win 3-1. OK, and I'm going to go 1-0 Everton. OK, thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening, guys, as always. We'll be back midweek with all the fallout and all the reaction from the FA Cup game against Tottenham. Hopefully, it's a positive one and we're through to the next round. In the meantime, stay safe, take care and all the best. Thank you. You've been listening to A View From The Bullens, brought to you in partnership with flatback4.co.uk, clothing inspired by the beautiful game. 
and fanscapes.co.uk made by fans for fans. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.